You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Music! It's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Brent Simmons. In the studio with me today is Greg Titus, OmniPlan engineer. Greg does a whole bunch besides OmniPlan, but that might arguably be the biggest thing. I don't know. Say hello, Greg. Hello, Greg. So we're recording this on February 14th, which is Valentine's Day. So naturally, I invited Greg in. Because I'm so sense. romantic. <laughs> yes, that's it. But it's our first day back in the office after, uh, I've been calling it Snowzilla. Mm. Other people call it Snowpocalypse, Snowmageddon. It's been remarkably rough. Greg, did you enjoy the snow? Do anything fun? I did. I love to just curl up at home and not do anything. And the snow was a perfect mm. excuse pretty much to do that. Nice. My daughter had her 14th birthday. So that was my, my one excursion into the snow was to try and pick up her friends to come to the house and stay over and make an ungodly amount of noise. <laughs> were they, um, were they in walking distance? Hopefully uh, a couple of them of were, but yeah. we, yeah, I had a, a slog out not too far, fortunately, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was, uh, the roads were not good that day. Huh? One thing I noticed is that not everybody owns a snow shovel. Uh, Jim Korea, for instance, ordered one when the snow started. And I think, because of the snow, it couldn't be delivered. <laughs> yeah. Now that the snow's gone, he's getting it delivered like today. Did you have a snow shovel already? We had a very crappy snow shovel that mm. I did about half of our walk with. And then I went and made my teenage son go do the rest. And fortunately, there you go. At that moment, my friendly neighbor across the street had a really nice, wonderful snow shovel that he let my son borrow and he finished the other half of the job in like a third of the time that I was out there. <laughs> well, sure. Let, let the kid borrow the good yeah, one. Exactly. So I was remembering the last time I was on a podcast with you, it was at WWDC oh, yeah. in 2008, probably. It was right when iOS 3 or whatever it was, the, the first time that they were doing third product right. products for right. iPhones. So the App Store wasn't even open yet. Yeah. They were just it introducing. Was- the SDK to us. And so it was you, me, and Craig Hockenberry. Yeah. I remember that day well because uh, it was in the summer, maybe even later in the summer. I'm not sure. I'd stayed up a bit the night previous. And, uh, and <laughs> I heard stories the about the pod- night previous. <laughs> the podcast was at like noon or something, but that felt early to me. And it, the studio was a mile or two away, and it was blisteringly hot. And we walked all the way to the Macworld Studios from yep. where we were staying uh, with Jason Snell and uh, you, me, and, and Craig. I just remember that walk being one of the toughest walks <laughs> I've ever taken. I was, I was surely sweating. I, I had no idea at the time until I heard about <laughs> it afterwards. Well, e- even if I had had a full night of good sleep, it was still really, really hot. Yeah, night. it was. It was very warm. I remember the excitement, though, of, you know, we're going to be able to make iOS apps. Well, we only called them iPhone apps at the time. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, I was doing the OmniFocus for iOS, the very original version. Which I used and remember well. I saw some screenshots of it the other day. There was one of those, um, you know, the 10-year challenge that was going around oh, yeah. on Facebook. Uh-huh. There was, someone did that with a bunch of different apps, and they showed OmniFocus then and now. Yeah. And it was, it was 
cool to remember what it looked like. Yeah. Well, I think everybody was trying to copy the Apple apps then because we didn't know what we were doing really. Oh, sure. So it was very simple sort of table views and stuff in that Mm -hmm. original first version. Yeah. And a lot of gradients and depth and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that podcast a long time. Might be available somewhere. I can find it. Put it in the show notes. Your last day in the office is tomorrow. Yeah, and then you're working remotely. What brings you to work remotely? Um, You've done before. Yeah, so I've I've been at Omni forever, and um, we moved to Portland, geez, I don't know, fifteen years ago, and then moved back eight ish years ago. I worked remotely for quite a long time, and then. I'm going to Eugene, Oregon this time, and it's mostly Seattle's just gotten too big, too busy, too many people, too expensive. Mm -hmm. And uh, Omni is great and wonderful in allowing me to do this and still not have to find a new job. And that's really cool. Yeah, it is. And I'll miss everybody and miss the lunches and dinners, I think. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Being at home for the few days, I, I realized, you know, what it, how nice it is here in the office. Yeah. And the oh, lunches yeah. and the dinners. Yeah. yeah and I, I went uh, vegetarian a couple of years ago, and I don't know how to cook vegetarian <laughs> food. <laughs> so I'll have to learn now. Was it more uh, your, your kids feeling the need to move? Or? Yeah. Um, my kids, my wife. Mm-hmm. I think we've become really kind of stuck. There's so many things to do in Seattle, but mm. it's so hard to get to them. And there's so yeah. many people there when you're there. Yeah, that's quite right. We've found ourselves sort of doing less and less. Mm. And it'll just be someplace where maybe there's not quite as many options, but it's less of a uh, endeavor to actually do them. Right. right. That makes sense. Yeah. Seattle is it's happening. Every night there's stuff worth doing. Yeah. If you get there. If, right. <laughs> you work on OmniPlan. Mm-hmm. When you're here now, we're going to do another episode about the OmniPlan story. But okay. just roughly, you were the first engineer on OmniPlan. Yeah, I actually did OmniPlan originally as sort of a side project, mm-hmm. you know, the 0.5 prototype stuff. Right. And uh, we had a product pitch internally where everybody was invited to do what app should we do next, and I said we should do this one, and mm. that's kind of where OmniPlan came from. Aside from continuing to work on OmniPlan, which I, I assume you'll, you'll do, you've also done some work for OmniFocus for the web recently? Yeah. OmniPlan is my sort of fallback usual line of work. And then mm-hmm. um, I jump into other projects when they need me for things. And I tend to do prototypes of new stuff, which is why I ended up doing the, the OmniFocus iOS app okay. originally. And right, so, so iOS um, app our very first iOS app. Yeah. And so the OmniFocus for the web was similar where you just needed somebody to do it or help do it. I certainly wasn't alone. And, mm-hmm. and I like jumping around and doing new things. So mm-hmm. I was doing a bunch of the JavaScript front end for that, uh, mostly the part having to do with uh, communicating to the back end. Okay. So you're writing a bunch of JavaScript, which is a little unusual for you. Yeah. yeah. Before that, I'd actually done some of our support for OmniJS, which is our automation technology oh, yeah. stuff. So that's JavaScript, but it's, you know, you're writing Swift and Objective-C to support the users writing JavaScript. So it's a little different to be 
doing JavaScript as the programming language instead of as the uh, thing that I'm supporting. Right. Yeah, so. I get it. So you didn't write the server-side APIs. You were on the front-end communicating right. back to them. And who was doing the server-side stuff? That's more? Tim Wood. That's Tim Wood. More. Okay. Yeah, he's probably one of the most knowledgeable people here on the OmniFocus internals. So he's doing the essentially the server-side of OmniFocus for the web is the Mac app with the user interface ripped off and then kind of repurposed as mm-hmm. a server. It still sounds to me like the most Omni thing ever that instead of writing some compatible web service, we just took our Mac app and run it on <laughs> yeah. Macs now as servers. I think, you know, you, you've been doing this for a long time. You get both comfortable with the set of technologies that you're comfortable with, but also I think you have to have a healthy respect for OmniFocus is 10, 15 years old. There's a whole lot of work that's gone into that 15 years, and you can't really reproduce it in a new environment that easily. Oh, sure. You need to save and keep as much of it as you can, even if you're doing something a little bit different with it. So did you also do our first watch app? Yeah. So again, OmniFocus. OmniFocus. Uh, for the watch, we have, I don't think we've shipped any other watch apps yet. Yeah, that's true. But the first version of But the first Focus. version, yeah. I, I like doing first versions of things. I like mm-hmm. prototyping things. And it's a lot more fun to start with nothing and build the fun parts. And then you don't have to be careful until the end right. <laughs> stuff. You've got people to do that for you. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> if you're lucky, you get other people to do those parts. Yeah, a lot of programmers, I think, would agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I th- sometimes I feel like for myself, there are, there are two programmers who inhabit me. One who loves that part. And then there's the other kind who just loves like that polish and getting everything perfect. You know, yeah. the smallest details. Like, I, I love people like that because then I don't have to do yeah, it. Right. <laughs> I'm terrible at polish. I'm great at big picture. But, yeah. Uh, How'd you come to Omni? You've been here 25 years. Omni is, yeah. that's almost as long as Omni's been around. Yeah. Just short of months, I suppose. Yeah. I think when I interviewed a partnership and then they incorporated in between the time that I interviewed and got hired. Mm-hmm. So Omni existed as a name, but kind of officially became a corporation pretty much the same time I was hired. Okay. I knew all the founders from school, University of Washington. And I um, had a housemate at the time, Wim, who works here now, mm-hmm. who had somehow, I don't know how, found out that they were looking for somebody. And he went and interviewed and then told me about it afterwards and said, hey, this seems like a cool job, but they'll never last. It'll never go anywhere. (laughs) So he decided to turn it down for something that he thought would be a little bit safer. And and I was, at the time, working for Microsoft and was really dissatisfied with trying to get anything that felt like I accomplished anything in a company of tens of thousands of people. Sure, right. Even 25 years ago, Microsoft yeah, was pretty Yeah, even much. then, yeah. yeah. So I asked to interview and took the job and loved it. And then the job that Wim decided would be safer, that company went out of business a couple of years later, so now he's been yeah, at Omni yeah. too. Yeah. So you must have been barely old enough to drink even I was, when you were hired Yeah, here. I was 20 when I was hired here. Okay. Um, I went to college early, so I had been at Microsoft for three years before that. Okay. And then at Omni at 20. And Hired then, right out of college for yeah. Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah, in those days, where else were you going to go? Around here. Yeah. Right? I mean, Microsoft yeah, I mean, was the obvious 
Choice. Right. I'm sure there were lots of other small things around here, but yeah. But pretty much Microsoft was yeah. and even the still tech not industry nearly here. the number of small things that are out yeah. these days. No. Yeah. Seattle wasn't much of a tech hub then as it is now. We had airplanes. True. It was all Boeing then. We were a company town, making it airplanes. Yeah. Times have changed. Had mm. you programmed for the next while you were at school or did that start at um, I they had some nexts at the university, but I never used them for anything except as a dumb terminal to mm. connect them. So I thought that they were fancy, but I'd never yeah, right. done anything with them. And then actually my first real Next programming was at Microsoft. Oh. That they had, I was on the Cairo team there, which was their object-oriented operating system thing that was supposed to compete with Taligent. And then uh-huh. both of those things failed. And so and most of them, that stuff never went anywhere. But they had a room in the building that I worked in there that was the idea room and where they had basically one of everything. Hmm. So I played with the old like sun operating system thing that had the 3d walkthroughs like uh, in the original, um, this is Unix. I know this, um, Jurassic park. Ah. And (laughs) I, I played with next step and, did some programming on that, and that was my first exposure to oh, cool. to programming on Next. This was actually at Microsoft. I said, "Let's let's see what ideas we can steal from this." <laughs> so, for a large part of your career here, the early third or whatever, mm-hmm. um, Omni was a contracting company. Yeah, did you do a lot of that? I work? yeah, I did. I was uh, we did a whole bunch of consulting for a long time at first on Next Step. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the second half of the consulting was on web objects, which is Next's and then Apple's web offering for doing server-side mm-hmm. stuff there. Well known for its terrible URLs. <laughs> yes, it was. When I first got hired on, we were working for William Morris Talent Agency. That was my, oh, okay. my first job working on that. And that was for like a address book on steroids thing because... They were tracking for each person all their different agents for all di- and all their mm-hmm. different phone numbers for their LA house and their Paris house and right. their literary agent and their movie agent and their and probably some of the first cell phones and probably car phones yeah. too yeah. yeah car phones yeah I don't recall cell phones then but probably car phones yeah car phones and then for a while during that not an immediately of course but for the second half for the web objects work I was also as well as being an engineer I was I had the title of vice president of consulting and i was the person who did the i mean it was a courtesy title more than anything to impress clients with but Mm -hmm. i was the person who would get in the suit and go and say yes we can write this software for you oh wow you're a salesman i'm terrible at talking but i'm really good at being confident that i can program things so Mm. i think that was the part that would come across hopefully yeah. And well, if they believe you can do it. Tend to work out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Back to William Morris. When you were writing their address book, did you actually get the addresses of all, all we the did. stars? We did. I, I think it was accidental a couple uh-huh. times, but we did get real, real <laughs> data dumps. Uh-huh. And as you know, guys in our early twenties who weren't terribly mature, it was it was tempting sometimes to have the private phone numbers of right. 
of stars at the time, but I don't think we ever, you know, did anything. It would be terrible if yeah. we ever did anything oh, with course. it. But, <laughs> but it was fun to know that the temptation was there sometimes. Calling up someone. Hi, I'm Greg. I'm yeah. a programmer. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> but I have. This is how I got your number. phone number. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to go well. No, no, no. <laughs> I probably, I would not have continued to have this job. <laughs> yeah. Another big project I remember uh, hearing about is Macaw Cellular, which later yeah was acquired by AT&T. Acquired by AT&T, became yeah. AT&T Cellular. So that, that was a, a fairly big client, and they were there. And they for, were Seattle-based, right? Yeah, Kirkland. Kirkland-based, yeah. Okay. Close by, across yeah. the water. And uh, there are two big apps, customer acquisition, customer care, which is get people signed up, and then when they call up, how do you help them? were both big next step and then open step apps. And so okay. there was a lot of consulting happening there at us and geez, a bunch of other companies here in Seattle area for a while, for years, mm. several years. They were the biggest Seattle based next step people. So interesting to me that next step was such an enterprise thing. Mm-hmm. And then Apple, which is not an enterprise company goes and buys them and like adopts next yeah. step for, for everything essentially always seemed oddly strange to me. And why would they bring back Steve Jobs, who's clearly a has-been at the time? <laughs> yeah. I, many of us, I, I come from the Apple side, mm-hmm. we're befuddled by that acquisition. But I recognize that at Omni, probably everyone was jumping everyone for joy. Everyone was, right? yes. It seemed huge to us. I mean, the timing of it was the dot-com crash was around that time, and consulting work was getting harder, and we had these... Productivity apps for Next Step, the OmniWeb had existed for years on Next Step before mm-hmm. this. And so for us, it, it was like, oh my gosh, all these Mac users are suddenly <laughs> going to be forced to use Next Step, basically, right. is what it seemed like at first. Yeah. And it was a huge break as far as we were concerned. Yeah, mm-hmm. All these Mac users. To a Mac user, didn't feel like very many people. <laughs> to a Next, Step, to a Next user, Step user, it was a huge market. <laughs> I remember at one point web objects had moved to Java instead of Objective C because mm-hmm. it seemed like the whole industry was going that way. Everybody was trying to do yeah. Java. Yeah. At, at Omni, did did you use Java or, or um, did you stick with Objective C? We stuck with Objective C. There was an another web script was the interpreted form that looked a lot like Objective C without the C mm. that web the objects thing, also like used. Swift. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we did it almost entirely in web script and a little bit of Objective C. I think that around that time, there was also sort of an abortive attempt to make Objective-C look like Java. There's the modern syntax. forgot about that, yeah. That was sort of Java-like, but still the Objective-C runtime and Mm Objective-C stuff. So Next slash Apple was doing all kinds of weird stuff in that direction because it seemed like everybody knew Java or had to know Java around then. So did the transition to products arise because of the Apple acquisition or the dot-com crash or kind of both things at once? Uh, I think that it was something that we had always wanted to do. I mean, you don't particularly like to write other people's software for them. And mm, sure, uh, it, it's a whole lot more fun to choose what you're, you're doing yourself. And, even though the selling part is not great. But I think that... Well, you're selling 
either to individuals or you're selling the large enterprise. Right. There's always selling. That's yeah. true. But I think that the Apple acquisition and the dot-com crash sort of all happened at an opportune time. And it was, mm-hmm. we were like happy to jump into doing more product stuff. And then there was a transition there of a couple of years where we kept on taking some consulting projects and it'd be like half the company working on products and half the company doing consulting. How big was the company roughly around, around the oh, Maybe 15 people. Oh, okay. Maybe I think we had like eight to 10 engineers and a couple support people and other people like that. It was very engineer focused for a while. It's, Especially when we were doing all consulting, there wasn't really anybody except oh, the right. engineering team. So, sense. So, uh, OmniWeb was probably the first product released. That oh. was back in '95, I think. Oh, okay. Was the first release. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, but yeah, that Outliner next. Yes, Outliner was like, I don't know. I've lost track. Two thousand. Three two thousand five. Okay. Um, Outliner is actually one of the only apps here that I didn't really have a hand in hmm. in doing much with. I've worked a little bit on Outliner before, but none of the core important bits of Outliner or okay. anything that I've ever done. Um, so those bits are used uh, in OmniPlan. In OmniPlan, yeah. So basically, the whole the whole outline from OmniOutliner mm-hmm. is embedded in right. OmniPlan. So. Yeah, uh, I'm familiar with all the code, but I've never really done anything significant on Outliner itself. I've worked on Outliner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially the last thing I worked on. Yep. And I said, nah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to go do podcasts people instead. instead. Yeah. I love Outliner, though. I've been an Outliner user probably since it was first released. Mm-hmm. You know? and I'm an Outliner fan of Outliners in general from, mm-hmm. from many decades. From many. And Outliner's great. Yeah. I think out of the apps at Omni, I actually use Graffle the most. Oh, okay. Uh, myself as a user, mm-hmm. diagram stuff. For some reason, I've never really gotten into OmniFocus, and OmniPlan is actually the hardest thing to use internally as an individual because you're not really planning projects right. all that often. <laughs> right, sure. Yeah. yeah, other people are. Yeah. Do you have any hobbies? Uh, I have a lot of sort of stereotypical programmer hobbies. I, I play video games. I, I program as a hobby outside of doing it for work. Which is always fun. Yeah. Lately, most of my hobby programming has been on the Swift compiler, which is cool. It's kind of fun to do. And then I was a sailor for a while. I had hmm. a sailboat that we're just forced to give to my father-in-law a year or so ago. Along with everything else happening in Seattle, moorage is getting super oh, expensive. So sure. keeping a boat here is is really difficult. Got some pets. I know. I know Zoe. Yeah, yeah. We have two cats, two dogs, and Zoe is our my black lab who comes into work with me every day and spends all day with me. So and barks at the people walking by. Barks at everybody. Well, barks at me at least. Yeah. She <laughs> actually she only she barks at people that she doesn't know very well right what she wants when she barks at you is she wants your attention she wants you to come pet her oh, okay and right. if if it's someone that she knows is going to come pet her anyway mm-hmm. then she doesn't need to bark <laughs> she's smart <laughs> uh, what a good dog well uh we'll stop on the barking barking's good <laughs> all right so thanks greg how can people find you on the web i am on twitter and at greg titus yeah. and that's about it i don't really have any other presence well, I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Mark Bosco. 
Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. And especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Music. <laughs> <laughs>